What's up, everybody? My name is Adam, and I'm the host of the You Know Adam Same podcast, the show that is dedicated on bringing on passionate people, learning about their stories, and delivering value to entrepreneurs. So if that's what you're interested in, go ahead and follow, like, and subscribe. You know what I'm saying? How's it going, guys? Welcome back to the You Know Adam Same podcast, where you get to know a little bit more about people, passions, and all things business. Today, I'm sitting across the way from the CEO of the Matted Ox Axe Throwing Company. Yes. And his name, he, he's challenged me to say this, is Jason Kuykenthal. Kuykenthal? So, so we're close. <laughs> Not really. Um, <laughs> so... It's Dutch. Okay. And the U-Y makes an er sound. Uh-huh. So it's pronounced Kirkendall. Kirkendall. If Kirkendall. you look at it and say it, it gets complicated. Uh-huh. If you say Kirkendall, it's simple. Oh, so you are, uh, your ethnicity or your family is from the motherland. It, well, at least that's what the name is based upon. Okay. My, I don't know if you've done Kirkendall. one of those DNA genetic test okay. things. They're, they're pretty cool. I thought uh-huh. there's no, no Dutch blood in me whatsoever. Really? So I don't know where the name came from. Well, I mean, I really don't. Well, I have no idea. But I think it's awesome. That's very <laughs> it's cool. a story in itself, right? That's very cool. That's very cool. Well, what we do know is that you are an entrepreneur. Yeah. You are moving towards uh, something that's very different in this space that has been around for maybe the past five years or so. Um, if you want to tell me a little bit about what it is that your company does. So we are an axe throwing venue and mobile. Um, we, you absolutely walk in the place, you sign a waiver saying you're good to go. And we teach you how to throw axes from about 12 feet away and get them to stick in the wall. I, love I mean, that. it's super simple. It's been around forever, but like you said, in the last five years has grown tremendously from a few venues to all over the stinking country and all over the world at this point. And how did you initially get into that? Um, so, I'm gonna say I'm an entrepreneur at heart. I've always wanted to do it. Um, I grew up, my dad had what I called get rich schemes. Um, I didn't think they were entrepreneurial. I didn't look at it that way. Sure. But he was always trying to look for something so he wasn't stuck on what someone else wanted to tell him to do. He got to do what he wanted to do and, and how he wanted to do it. So I thought that was cool. So I always wanted to do things like that. And did he ever uh, take bring you in along on kind of like those adventures, if you want, if you like to call them? That oh, way? we were always free labor. Yeah, yeah absolutely. We, okay. were, we were always. I, I grew up as free labor. <laughs> Myself and my siblings we were always free labor, and yeah. some of it was fun, and some of it wasn't fun. But we were always free labor. Gotcha. So, so I was in and around it. You know, he ended up going to work for somebody else and and having a lot of control. But there was always something else. There's always something on the side. And and I've been looking for that. And my wife and I started a, if you don't mind, I'll go back history-wise, yeah. how we got to Axon is we started a vending business. So we okay. bought a business opportunity um, from a company and started a vending business in Brunswick 2018. Okay. Liked it, enjoyed it. The whole family's involved. Sometimes the kids like working in it. Sometimes they didn't. The d- biggest difference between what my my experiences and what um, their experiences were, they got paid for their work. Okay. I never got paid yes. as a kid, right? But the, but the kids I'm get paid. I'm a little bit familiar with this type of strategy. <laughs> yeah, it works out well for yes. some people, just not everybody. Um, so we involved the kids. Sometimes they liked it. Sometimes they didn't. Um, we're very happy with the business. Mm-hmm. Had a large vending company come to us that we had started a relationship with and asked about us selling that business. So kind of thought about it, contemplated a little bit. We had ventured off into the distribution space as well. Yeah. So I was now not only had vending machines at a bunch of different locations in and around Brunswick, but then I also was selling product to different people, to retailers, convenience stores, mom and pop repeat, um, 
even to my vending competitor at wow. the time. So I was selling other stuff and we decided, hey, that's a perfect opportunity. He wants to buy. We're willing to sell. So so did you exit out of the uh, that strategy completely? Like, did you are you still do you have control of like, you know, where the product goes? You sold it all. I sold all the vending side of it. Gotcha. So I still do distribution. Okay. So I kept that part of the business. I still run routes. My my wife ran a route this morning about dropping off product out on St. Simons Island to a couple of our accounts out there. So we still run that part of the business, but I sold the vending side of it. And why did you decide to do that? Was it just because the vending is very intensive, right? In terms of like labor that's required. Yeah, it, it's intensive, but it's also not right. So it's intensive when you have to do it. The control that you have in vending is typically you have some flexibility on when that machine gets filled. So I may need to fill six machines today, but I don't have to fill all of them right now. I mm-hmm. may be able to fill some of them this morning. I may be able to fill some of them tonight. So there was some flexibility that worked out really well. And yeah. for kids in high school, my oldest two at the time were in high school, it was great for labor for them because they went to school during the day, mm-hmm. dual enrollment. They'd have a couple hours off. They'd go fill a couple machines. I could fill some after after work. My wife could fill some after work. So it was kind of nice on that flexibility side. When you needed to do it, you needed to do it. Sure. Now, of course, it's equipment and equipment breaks. Sure. Never uh, breaks when it's supposed to. Gotcha. Um, always breaks when when it's a uh, poor time. You sure. just left town for a vacation. Yeah. Um, you're tied up for the next two days on some type of conference or whatever. So that's that was the downside of it. Um, but it was really, you know, anytime you get into business, you, you should be thinking about what your exit strategy is. And it doesn't have to be a short term. It can be a long term. What we thought our exit strategy was going to be was at some point passing it on to someone else in the family. Yeah. So one of the kids wanting to take it on. We, my wife and I have four children, and so we have two that are older and two that are younger, and, and so we thought there might be an opportunity to pass that on to one of them. Mm. And the oldest two, you know, the oldest now is at Georgia. Uh, the second oldest, she's getting ready to come to Southern here in the fall. Mm-hmm. And so they were not really in, in that world of wanting to do that. The younger two probably aren't at the stage of ready to take over a business. And timing. I mean, yeah. you can't pick when somebody's going to come and offer you money for your business. Sure. And especially when it's more money than you started with. Got you. So you, you say, okay, well, maybe it's time. So how come you decided to keep kind of like the, the distribution side then? Um, opportunity for growth. Mm. Um, it was newer. We had we started the vending a couple of years into the vending. Then we started distribution and came across that on, on, under happenstance, um, kind of lucked into that. But we saw more opportunity, more growth opportunity for that. A couple of the brands that we were representing at the time, they were growing and they still are, um, one of them specifically. So that helped us say, okay, well, we're going to keep doing these things. We'll get rid of this. And then to get to the axe throwing piece, a friend of a friend had one, uh, had a venue in Arkansas mm-hmm. and, and the, the friend was through vending. So I knew this guy through vending. His friend was opening an axe throwing venue in Texarkana, Arkansas. Okay. Never walked step foot into it, but he started telling me about it, saw the financial opportunity, started looking at the trend of, hey, axe throwing's growing. At the time, um, there was one in Pooler. Yep. There Bad was, axe. Uh, yes. Was that the one? That no, in Pooler was Bear Axe. Bear Axe, that's Bear right. Bear Axe yeah. in Pooler. Yep. Then you had some in Jacksonville. Okay. Nowhere else. Okay. Um, at least within our vicinity. Statesboro still doesn't have one. Sure. Um, Savannah obviously had the one, and, and Bladen Bull. Sure. Bladen Bull was in Savannah. So you sure. had Bladen Bull and you had um, Bear Axe in Savannah. And then nothing in Waycross, nothing in Jessup, nothing in Camden, nothing in Brunswick. You had to go to Jacksonville. Yeah. So, hey, there's an open space. I built a target in my backyard, said, okay, what what is this all about? We started throwing axes in the backyard, said, oh, this is pretty cool. Yeah. And then realized that, hey, we have the potential to not only make money. Obviously, you want to make money. I mean, 
the idea of having a side gig, being an entrepreneur, whatever it may be, is is being able to provide. Sure. But for me, it's control. Sure. Good decisions, bad decision. It's my control. In the case of my wife and I, I mean, we we definitely. I'm glad she's around because sure. I would be going way farther right than I should. Sure. She brings me back to center, keeps me grounded, helps me minimize the risk that I take. But in the same thing, you control it. If yeah. you make a good decision, there's rewards that come with that good decision. I, I call it uh, living and dying by your own sword, right? Oh, yeah, 100%. Like, you, basically, you are in control of like what happens, your destiny. 100%. And, and, and obviously, the market. The mm-hmm. market has impact to that. But ultimately, it's the decisions that you make. You know, if you decide to grow and you decide to grow too fast, well, yeah. there's there's a consequence to that. There's repercussions. You don't grow soon enough. Well, there's a consequence to that. You miss out on the market. So anyway, we had nothing in the area. Brunswick is, is a neat little town, you know, a little bit bigger than Statesboro. You have St. Simons, you have Jekyll, so the Golden Isles, um, a lot of tourism. But you have a lot of people there that are just normal folks that have day jobs that are looking for things to do. And there wasn't enough to do in Brunswick. So we decided, hey, this is an opportunity to bring something new to Brunswick. Also, it allows us to kind of explore and maybe, you know, have some more opportunity in the future. And lo and behold, Matadox Axe Throwing opened July 2nd of 2021. So we just celebrated our one-year anniversary. So 2021 is an interesting choice just because we are going, going, that period of time was a very kind of like, uh, turbulent, if, yes. you, if you would call it. So how do you make that call, right? Like, you know, obviously, to a certain extent, you've already kind of honed in on, okay, I think that there's an opportunity here. But there's risk, yeah, right? 100%. There's like, oh my goodness, like, you know, I, I'm, are you, did you purchase the property? Are you signing a lease? Like, you know, what, 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 take me through that side of the things. So obviously COVID, right? COVID's going on. And I don't want to minimize it. Everybody, I think, is entitled to what they believe in, they believe in. And and I I believe that with COVID, too. But South Georgia looked at COVID completely different than some of the other places in the world. Agreed. And to (laughs) to a business person's benefit. Sure. um, Because even – so we were in the vending business when COVID hit. Vending in the state of Georgia was considered essential. And most of the locations that we had – machines at were also considered essential. We didn't stop at all during COVID. How, how were numbers doing that time? For um, about the same and growing uh, um, appropriately, right? So they weren't, they didn't just jump crazy, okay. but appropriate growth for a second year in business in sure. comparison to a first year in business. Sure. So that kind of positively influenced us. But then from a business perspective on the axe throwing, South Georgia had pretty much forgot about COVID when it came to a business. Every sure. restaurant was open, back to normal standings. There were no limitations mm. on how many people could be in a venue. Sure. So from that standpoint, there wasn't a, a ton of risk, in my opinion. You know, looking back, it probably was, you know, maybe there was more risk than I wanted sure. to acknowledge. Sure. Um, you know, we signed a one-year lease to okay. kind of minimize, hey, let's try, let's try a one-year. One make year is sure. actually pretty difficult to sign. Typically, a landlord wants you to sign for a little bit longer, right? And, and I think that's the other about being in a small town, right? Mm. So if we had been in a big city, I if we had been that. in Atlanta, I think it would have been different. I would say even Savannah might be different. But you look at how many vacant retail properties there are right now, it probably wasn't a bad decision on the part of the landlord either. Sure. Because I, I don't know about Statesboro. I'm I'm minimally aware of what states what goes on in Statesboro. We got here a little bit early to kind of cruise around, and, and I know we'll get to what we're doing here. But um, you look in Brunswick, and there's – empty retail space all over the place. Everywhere. So I think from a landlord perspective, hey, I'll take a year. Sure. If I get a year out of them and they pay pay their rent on time for a year, that's so probably not bad. Um, but we, we tried to minimize, right? We tried to minimize how much money we spent to get going. 
we financed it all in ourselves, mm -hmm. some from the proceeds of the sale of our vending business, which allowed us the opportunity to do that. Some of it just our own, um, you know, pooling of money and figuring out how to do it. We didn't take on any partners. It's just my wife and I. Mm -hmm. And you take enough risk and go, okay, well, let's see what the first year brings. And, you know, we made it through the first year. Sale, I'm not going to say sales were absolutely amazing, but if I would have never guessed that we would have done as well as we did in the first year. So take me through that. You you, you get to the point you've kind of like built out everything. Um, I, what I'm hearing is that, you know, you always had that confidence that, hey, this is the right move, right? Or I'm not very smart. <laughs> <laughs> And, and, and my wife may tell, I'm not sure which one she's going to say at the moment. Okay. Um, I, you know, I don't want to say that, that I had tons of confidence or that I'm all knowing or anything. Cause that's silly, right? No sure. one has that stuff. But if you want control, yeah. the only way to do it is actually to take control of it. Putting right? it on the line. I, I do have faith in myself and my family, my wife and I to make smart decisions and to do business the right way. I am very confident in that. Mm. Did I know that everything would work out after the first year? No, of course, no clue. Was I confident that I would work my ass to death until it worked out? Yes, I was very confident in that. What's been the biggest challenge? Um, advertising, really. Mm. I mean, it, it really is hard. So because Brunswick, I think, is unique, not unique, but for this type of business. Sure. So you get some locals, date nights, um, that type of experience, companies and company events, which have been great for us. Um, but we have a big tourism piece. We talked about it a second ago. How do you get to a tourist? Mm. How, do you, how do you market to somebody that may only come into town for a week? Mm. How do you tell them that we're there? Not to mention we're in the Brunswick proper on the mainland side and not on the island. Gotcha. So a lot of people either go to Jekyll or go to St. Simons and they stay there the whole time. It seems like a long 20 or 30 minute drive to come back into town. They've got all the restaurants, they've got the beach, they've got the stuff they need. Rent was way too expensive to be on the island. Makes sense. Um, so we found, you know, we had some, some limitations or not limitations, but expectations. We wanted to be big enough space, somewhere between 2,500 and 4,000 square feet. Okay. That's what we wanted. That's a big space. It is a big space. And we knew because we didn't want to limit ourselves, right? We wanted to be able to walk in, you know, we serve beer, we have room for cornhole, awesome. we have room for seating, we have lots of other things besides just the axe throwing. We now do live music. Uh, we bring in food trucks once or twice a month. I have a food truck. Outside. Oh, well then when are you going to come okay, see yeah, us? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, we need we'll, to talk we'll about get, that. Yeah, we'll yeah. get that to that. <laughs> Keep so, going. So there were some things that we had. We wanted to be next to a restaurant. Okay. Because we didn't want to serve our own food. Understood. Now, I would open up a food truck today if my wife would let me. But this is that nice balance between my <laughs> wife and I. I want to risk everything. She wants to keep us smart and making sure that we're still making money and being sure. profitable. Sure. So we didn't we didn't want a restaurant at the beginning. Sure. We, we wanted to focus on on our venue and getting people into our venue. So, so you have a full full uh, bar. So we serve beer and malt beverages okay. because of one state uh, law and then. Um, the county, you know, every county gets to make some variants on those things. Sure. So we classify as a beer specialty shop, which means we're able to do malt beverages. Okay. So your White Claw, your Truly, sure. your Seltzer, your Seltzer Market, and then beer. Mm -hmm. um, and then because of the way Georgia classifies ciders, is ciders are classified as a malt beverage, even though they're not, but that's how they're classified. So we're able to bring in ciders. So I have, I'll say, I'll argue the very best craft beer, Georgia craft beer selection anywhere in the Golden Isles. Mm. I, right now we probably have 26, 25, 26 different Georgia uh, breweries that are represented in, wow. in Matadox. 
Um, you know, everything awesome. from, from a, a logger to... How many to, taps? How many taps uh, Only that? four. So mostly cans. Okay. Um, because that's what people put put in there. And, and again, cost, right? So sure. my my four four uh, uh, tap keg or a kegerator or whatever is, was what, 3500 bucks. Sure. I could get, get a three-door cooler uh-huh. for that same price and put in all kinds of variety. That's and right. And so be able to do that. So we, we do cans and then some draft. I try to bring in... We always keep Silver Bluff. I don't know if you're familiar with Silver Bluff Mm-mm. Brewery. So that's our local brewery. Okay. Great business partners. We work together on different things, but they're just really good people and they make dang good beer. Yeah. So I always keep one of theirs on on draft and then I'll have Mick Ultra because you got to have something for the people that like water. And then you have, I'll bring in a couple others that are different. And then the cans are, are where my variety comes in. Uh, for for the axe throwing business, where where's the money at, right? Because like I I've thought about this concept before. Because okay. you know when when it first come up, and I am very much in in line with whenever whatever shiny, I'm I'm there. Let's yeah, go. Yeah, yeah, Let's, yeah, yeah. Let, oh, open a food truck. Why not? Let's do it. <laughs> um, but you know with that business, I I think you know one of the challenges is like okay, well. You've got to get people in there, yep. right? Um, and then the people that go, I, I, what what is the typical fee? So our pricing structure, we do seventy five minutes of throwing. Okay. So that, and on top of the seventy five minutes, we do a safety and instruction prior to that seventy five minutes okay. starting. So we want to make sure that you enjoy that full seventy five minute experience, and then we'll make sure that you know how to do it safely and can do it. So we don't let a group get going until they've safely stuck an axe, and then their seventy five minutes starts. Sure. Sometimes that takes a while. Yeah, you'll get in a group of five or six people. One of them's just really, really struggling. We make sure that they're good to go, and then we get them get them throwing. Yeah, so that's two hours. Two yeah, hours. Oh, an hour and fifteen minutes. But you're there for an hour and a half, hour and forty five, depending on you know um, how the, big your group is. Okay, okay. Yeah. Um, so it's twenty nine dollars plus tax for the seventy five minutes okay. of throwing. That is pretty standard. You'll see somewhere between twenty five and thirty dollars for sixty minutes of throwing in our area. So. Yeah. I, talk, I said earlier that nobody else, you had Blade and Bull and you had Bear Axe. Since then, you now have an axe throwing venue in Jessup, our 45 minutes west of us. Um, Waycross has an axe throwing venue, hour and 15 minutes to the west of us. Camden County now has an axe throwing place. Um, and and then we're here. So we went from being the one within an hour to now popular. now there's five of us within that same hour. And, and what does that do to you? Does that squeeze does that make it challenging? So I think every venue, I mean, let's talk about a restaurant, right? Mm-hmm. Every restaurant's a little bit different. Sure. I drove into town today. I saw like five barbecue restaurants. Welcome to Statesboro. <laughs> Welcome to Statesboro. That's, That's what, what we do in Statesboro. <laughs> we, we open barbecue restaurants. And I'm sure they all have barbecue, but they sure. all have their own version of the barbecue, right? That's right. So Axe Storm is going to be the same way. Everybody's going to have their own version. Now, I think that we stand out amongst others for Two main reasons. Okay. Well, I'm gonna say three main reasons. Um, I'll I'll do the cocky uh, cocky one first. Okay, we're good. Yeah. All right. We treat people right. You're gonna have an experience that you're not gonna have at one of these other places. Customer service. Our, our coaches are spot on. Yeah. Um, we spend time. We make sure that you're successful in throwing, not just throwing. Throwing it and watching it bounce off the wood is not a lot of fun. Throwing it and watch it stick, even if it's not a bullseye, it starts to get fun. Yeah. Everybody's gonna get lucky and throw a bullseye. Yeah. So. That's the experience that you want. But if they're not sticking it on the wood, they're, they're never going to get bullseye. Okay. So we spend time there. That that means a lot to us. We want people to come in and enjoy themselves on the throwing side. If I can entertain you otherwise by making bad jokes or having some type of live act there or uh-huh. a food truck out front or really, really good beer, that's great. But I want you to have fun throwing axes yeah. as well. So that's first. Second is that we use a thing called an ingrain target. 
So most axe throwing is a two by 10 board, four two by 10 boards um, where the grains run up and down. Yeah. Right. That's the norm. You go to the World Axe Throwing League. You go to the International Axe Throwing Federation. That is the norm. Nothing wrong with it. That's just what the norm is. However, from an entertainment standpoint, in grain, and you think about the end of a six by six post. Okay. So um, kind of hard to visualize sometimes, but if you think about, you remember the old brooms that were um, like the wooden, okay. um, wood, I say wood, straw, almost straw-like, okay. and you could squeeze them together. Sure. So an axe goes into that at any angle. Yeah. When you have grains that run just up and down, you're it, limited on how it sticks unless you throw it really hard, and then now it's breaking grains. Got you. In grains, it doesn't matter how the axe goes in, it's going to stick. That's fine. So now you're getting more sticks. It's easier to stick it. So even if you're a little off and the axe goes in a little crooked, you still can get a stick. Does that make your, uh, does that drive the cost of your like production up? Not right now. Okay. Because ingrain lasts longer. Mm. So I'll, uh, my target system, so I bought, well, I'll get to this, the third thing in just a second. The, I'm probably replacing wood every other month. So I'll build a target, has 49 pieces of post. It's a five and a quarter by five and a quarter. So six inch post that's been trimmed down to be uniform. Mm -hmm. 49 of them being pressed together. Um, seven on each side, or you know, seven across, seven down, and then it's being pressed in from three sides. Mm -hmm. So it stays in place. I'll have to build that target. It takes me an hour or two to build the target. I'll break it down every other month, every third month, replace a few of the blocks, put it back together, it's back in service. That's right. A standard two by 10 is gonna get, of good throwers, gonna get an hour of usage. I get two, maybe three months of usage out of the same target. Got you, so you're, it just lasts a lot So longer. it lasts longer. I'll go through, I mean, I still have some wood from when we opened a year ago. Wow. That still is making its rounds. Maybe, Cause yeah, I'm able yeah. to move it around, yes. right? So let's say I have eight to 10 broken pieces. I take those eight to 10, throw them away, bring in eight to 10 new ones. Well, I had 49. Mm -hmm. So I'm only, you know, 20%, 10% somewhere of each of the targets is breaking down and actually going away. Mm -hmm. So that's helpful. Um, wood prices, you know, went insane. That's the other thing. Sure. Is, of course, here we are building a business that requires a lot of wood and, <laughs> and wood's going like straight up. So fortunately, we're, we limited our wood except for just the targets. Sure. So I don't use wood other places. I've used other things to separate our lanes to, to keep your group segregated from the rest. Um, so that's one thing that separates us. No one else in our area is doing in-grain targets. Got you. Um, second thing that we do is we do projection targets. So I bought a system from a company in Texas where you project the target onto the wood. So instead of you putting on a stencil and marking the wood, now I project something onto the wood, I can change the game. So we have six or seven different games that you can play visually you're playing different games. You can go to a normal axe in place and you can play all kinds of games yeah. or you can throw at the same target, but you have to pretend in your head. Sure. I put tic-tac-toe on the board. Love that. And you can play tic-tac-toe. Cool. You can throw at zombies. You can throw at that ducks. You can cool. play a regular target. You want to do, you know, there's, there's other things that you can do. And it's really limited by whatever the company produces. And the company has, I'll say, 10 games out there. And you get so many with your standard and then you can buy extra games. It's kind of up to you. How did you find them? My wife. So this is this is where my wife comes into play. I wanted standard two by 10. I wanted to go the normal route. I'm a super, super competitive person. I don't care what it is. I mean, we're eating. I'm going to be faster than you. <laughs> you know, we're drinking. I'm going to drink faster than you. Oh, we want to go to the car. Makes I'm, it fun. You know, it, I, everything's a competition. And sure. my wife grew up the same way. Uh, she's super, super competitive. Yeah. And, and way smarter than me. So this is where we balance out. 
she said, hey, look at this. And because we were both looking, hey, when we decided we wanted to do this, or at least was a consideration, you know, what do you use? Use the Google machine and see what you can sure. find. And she found this and I looked at it and said, oh, that's kind of cool. No, thanks. I want to do this. Sure. I want to do this two by 10. We're going to do World Axe Throwing League or International Axe Throwing Federation. We're going to have competitions. This place is going to be awesome. Sure. And she kept pushing. Hey, you should look at this. You should look at this. And then she reached out to the guy that owns the company. And just you know, through email traffic, he responds right away. Customer service. Yeah. Well, okay. I'll talk to him. Sure. Got him on the phone. Dang, some salespeople are better than others, right? Sure. But he was just talking. Hey, he's like, you don't have to do what I'm telling you to do. He said, this is what we do. He owns three venues, or at the time owned three venues. This is what I do in my venues. It works for us. Watch this YouTube video. See what you think. And after a couple conversations, it was obviously the right choice. Yeah. Um, now building the targets, it takes more time and, you know, a couple hours where you can replace two by tens and nothing. But again, I don't have to do it very often. That's right. I will say most people walking into an axe throwing venue have never thrown an axe before. Yeah. If you've never done it before, don't we want to make it easier for you? Don't we want to make it where you get more chances for success? Sure. And also so you don't get bored because not everybody's as competitive as me throwing at one little circle right in the middle, calling it a bullseye going, how many bullseyes can I get in a row? Yeah. That's fun for me. Yeah. But what if you've never thrown an axe before? What if you're a 10-year-old and and you don't play sports, but your parents brought you to an axe throwing venue? Well, now you're playing tic-tac-toe. Sure. Now you're throwing it at a zombie. Sure. That's fun. It's that entertainment. Fun. Yeah. It's entertainment. Yeah. So can we do competitions? Yes. We've hosted a league. We're going to be doing some more of that. However, it's entertainment for the normal person that walks in the door. Yeah. And if you're coming there to be entertained for an hour and 15 minutes, you can still be competitive with – there's a target. The difference in my standard target and the one that you get in another venue is my bullseye moves around. Mm. So every throw, the bullseye is going to move to a different place. How does it stop once you hit it? So you'll you'll after you throw, uh-huh. it, after everybody throws, then the next it goes to a frame. If you look at uh, bowling, right, ten frames. Gotcha, gotcha. The next frame it's is in a changing. different spot. Got it. Yeah, yeah. Understood. So I'm hoping you're going to get to see it here in just a little bit when you yeah. come to Burrowfest. Yes. Which, so you are at Burrowfest right now. So I'm at Burrowfest. Okay. Um, so fast forward, we're in the business. Things are going good. We're having to tell people no when it comes to mobile. Mm-hmm. People are asking, hey, do you have a mobile? Mobile has been around probably more is more common than or for a while was more common than the brick and mortar. Really? Yeah, because it was Cost. you could take it everywhere. It's yeah. it's less expensive, right? You can spend a, a few thousand dollars build a build a two by ten frame target, put it together, put it in the back of a trailer, call it good. Yeah. Um so there was another there was a mobile unit in town when we started the business. When we started the brick and mortar there was a mobile in town. We didn't view them as competition because they, you know, they come to you. We're here. You come to us. We are the entertainment. It's a different vibe, yeah. a different vibe yeah. right? So a um, little bit after we opened, they closed down. Yeah. And I don't think it was us. I sure. think it was just they wanted to go a different path. They were, I'm going to say, semi-serial uh, entrepreneurs as well. They had other businesses, and they just went a different direction. Now, I wish I would have known they were, they were getting out of the business because I would have bought their trailer sure. to get us into it faster and cheaper. Sure. But after telling people no, multiple events, we said, hey, we need to do a mobile unit. And I go back to the guy that I bought my, my target systems from, and he has a friend that can help build, you know, that is building a professional-looking mobile version using that same projection target sure. in a semi-enclosed trailer. And we had to wait a while to get it, have it uh, completed. But now I could start telling people, yes, we can do mobile. Who Who, who is this guy? So the, you, you keep mentioning him. Like, so he, he's an entrepreneur. He's, he's like you and I, mm-hmm. right? He's a he's a computer guy by trade. Yeah. He's a software software engineer by trade and then had paintball and 
what was he doing? Paintball and laser tag or something. Sure. And then decided, hey, this axe throwing looks good. It's the same type of setup. I can do this too. And started building axe throwing venues in Texas. Um, his name's Larry, mm-hmm. but he's he's like you and I. That's super cool. He's and, just, and he's I, just I a normal love, dude. I love the technology touch in it. Yeah. Because like I've never seen that before. I've been to axe throwing like locations before, but having the targets where they change, I think yeah. that's ingenious. It and changes so, it. Does he, is he, so he packaged the, packages that to sell to other companies Correct. as well. So it's, it's not a franchise, you know, you have limitations just like anything. If you buy technology from certain people, you know, there's, whether there's an NDA or there's restrictions, limited sure. of use, just like every time you buy a new software, you got to sign that little license and you're only going to use it in this way. And, and if you're going to use it to sell, to make products for somebody else, then you got to sign a different license. Sure. It's the same type of thing. Is, is he, the, if, like, in, in this realm, in this business, is he the one that's kind of, like, pushing the envelope? I think so most? from that standpoint. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, he pushes the ingrain target and he pushes the projection system. So he does both of those. Sure. Um, but you, I mean, if you get on any forum, any group, whether it's Facebook or whatever else, you're going to find people say, oh, no, don't do that. you got to do the traditional World Axe Throwing League. you got to sure. do this traditional 2 by 10s And from a competition standpoint, most of those are still stuck in the normal 2 by 10 you know, in that setup and not the projection. Now, the International Axe Throwing Federation, which is a Canada-based organization, but they've obviously gone worldwide, they will allow a projection target. They will allow ingrain targets in their competition. The World Axe Throwing League will not allow that, but International Axe Throwing Federation will allow that. Mm-hmm. So you can throw their formal co- competitive version on the IATF, International Axe Throwing Federation, their target, everything. You can do that on projection and ingrain. How much of the business is, you know, uh, people that are doing it for sport versus people doing it for fun? Yeah, that's a good question. I mean, so you look at the venues around us, um, the one in Camden County, which we've become really, really good friends with. We go down there when they run some of their competitions so that, one, it's it's the relationship side of it. But it's the second. If I want to compete in the World Axe Throwing League, well, they're the World Axe Throwing League um, in the, venue. In the, they're gotcha. in our area. So we go down there and we compete in, in their stuff. Um, so they're the one. If you want to do competition in our area, that's where you go to. And and we send business to each other all the time. That's that's great. It's like a restaurant, right? You yeah, go to a good yeah, yeah. restaurant. Yep. And somebody's looking for other good restaurants. What do you do? If you're good, if you're confident in what you do, you send. You send them, hey, yep. hey, go to try this barbecue place. That's they're, right. they're really really good. Or that's go right. try this Indian food or whatever it may be. Um, it's it's the same thing with us. I'm confident in what we're doing. They're confident in what they're doing. We offer something different. And when we had our one year anniversary. Um, the largest single group of people that came up are ones that are from their venue. That's great. It was them and their customers that came to support us. That's in our amazing. Business, which is awesome. It's just, we'll do the how exact far, same How thing. far is that? About 45 minutes. Wow. Yeah. So, I mean, you know, with the distance, I think that there's enough kind of like space in between yep. where that can happen. Are, have you had anyone open up closer to you? No, that's the closest. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, they're the, they're technically mileage-wise the closest. Jessup and Waycross, Jessup's about 45 minutes away, but they're doing something completely different than we're doing. They're doing mm-hmm. standard two by tens. Yep. They're not part of the the World Axe Throwing League. They're set up. They're they're a brewery that added some axe throwing next to it. Yeah. Um, I've not met the the gentleman. One of the guys that works for us, he is like really good at axe throwing, and he went and competed in one of his events. Um, so it it seems as though we're going to be able to develop that same relationship with mm-hmm. them. We're not taken from each other. Sure. There's there's plenty. I mean, people people want to be entertained. Sure. And and again, we're different. You know. Sure. So our customer service, I'll put it up against anybody, mm-hmm. and 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 not to knock theirs because sure. others are good too. Sure. Ingrain targets projection system makes us stand out. And then you add the beer, um, and and I, I'm serious when I say we have the very best Georgia craft beer selection 
in anywhere in the Golden Isles. And there mm-hmm. are a lot of places to get a beer in, in Georgia um, and in, in our neck of the woods of Georgia. But you have to focus if you want to be different, right? You've got to be different. You've sure. got to make it stab. So, you know, Bucking Goat Brewery in Dallas, Georgia, you want to get some of their beer? Well, I know where you can get some. Yeah. Uh, it's not going to be in Savannah. That's but right. you can find some in a little place called Matadox Axtering. Well, actually, I think we're out at the moment. But just as an example, yeah, of course. I mean, these are little places that, you know, if they have good beer, we want it. Well, uh, something, uh, there's like this common theme that I keep on hearing in, in each of these projects. You know, wh- what is your approach to business? It, it seems as if there is like some driving force there that wants that wants to be unique. Right. Like, hey, I want to have the largest craft beer selection or, you know, like the the matted ox, like axe throwing experience. We want to have the best customer service. How do you approach business in that realm? So that's I don't know that I've been asked something like that, Mm. but it goes back to what I said. I'm competitive. Yeah. I want to win. Yeah. And, And it doesn't mean someone else can't win too, right? We're in, we're in, I, I, again, I go to the restaurant because that's the people things most, most people are familiar with that concept. There are restaurants all over the place. You can have winning restaurants, a bunch of winning restaurants in one town. That's right. Or in one area, whatever it might be. But I want to be the best. Sure. If people, I want people to come into our venue and if it's the first Axelroy venue they've ever been into, I want them to, that to be the standard for everywhere else they go. That's amazing. If you've been somewhere else, then I want you to walk away going, Dang, I wish that place had what mm. what Jason and Aaron are doing here. Mm-hmm. Um, that's what I want. Okay. Um, so my daughter and I were having a conversation on the way up here, talking about being famous and all those things. And I, and and she and I both agree we never want to be famous. Mm. But having connections, doing things well, that people remember you because you do them well. So so Justice, the daughter that came with me to help me, she's the one that's going to be coming to Southern. She's a really good singer, mm-hmm. and people now recognize her from her ability to sing. Mm-hmm. That's cool. She doesn't want to be famous to do it. Sure. But the idea that they know that if they hear her sing, they're going to hear good singing. Mm. You come to Maddox, you know you're going to have a good time because you're going to have a good experience in throwing axes, whether it's customer service, whether it's the beer, whether it's whatever it may be. We're going to give you a good experience. I want it to be that way. What is she coming to Georgia Southern for? Has um, she decided what yeah, business, be? business management. Um, I don't know if she's going to be an entrepreneur like us, um, but I'm hoping. Uh, she's talked about real estate, and sure. I think, and and that's that's an entrepreneur, Very right? Yeah. The harder you work, the more successful you're going to be. That's right. Um, and and so I think that's kind of the direction that she's going at this point. But her older sister went to Georgia, so she didn't want to go follow her, her big sister. Sure. So she wanted to do something different, and um, so she's here in the fall and. And when I, she doesn't always like to work with me, but when I told her I was coming to Statesboro, <laughs> she's like, yeah, yeah, I'll come, I'll come. Yeah, she needs to get her, she needs to get her here. She didn't mind coming here. Yeah. Uh, tell me about the name. Where, uh, why, why the Matted Ox? All right. So, um, four children, three girls and a boy. Okay. My youngest, his name is Maddox, M-A-T-T-O-X. Okay. So my wife and I were trying to come up with names for, for Matted Ox and a bunch of things came out. Um, his nickname or one of his nicknames is Mad Max, but uh-huh. we didn't want to be named after a movie. Sure. You know, so we didn't want to go down that path. And my wife threw out Matted Ox and I was like, Matted Ox, what the heck is that? I was like, well, that's, a, that's an animal. That'd be kind of cool. Yeah. And then, you know, kind of getting into your business now, we started saying, okay, can you brand that? Yeah. Can you make it stand out and look different? And so I, I like to play around you know, having other businesses and coming up with logos and things like that. So I started kind of exploring and I came up with something and said, I think this matches what you said in Matted Ox. And we combined the two of them and said, yeah, that's it. Stands Amazing. out. It's unique. Yeah. It's different. But I think when you look at like our logo, um, as it doesn't say Matted Ox, 
it says something mm-hmm. and it grabs your attention. Yeah. So um, logo branding mistake on on Kirkendall Vending, which was the name of our first company. Mm. Kirkendall Vending, great. We're doing vending. Our last name's Kirkendall, perfect. Well, then we added distribution. Yeah. So now what do you do? You're locked into that. So now I change it to Kirkendall Vending and Distribution. Yeah. Okay, well, now that's a logo change. That's an adjustment. Sure. That's rebranding. I put it on this trailer. It's this and that. And then we sell the vending. Yeah. Now I got to do it again. Yeah. So this time it's Matadox is yeah. the name of the company. Yeah. Um, obviously, axe throwing is is what we do. Mm-hmm. But then when we had the mobile unit, we call it the ox cart. Yeah. Right? So it's a mobile version of the same thing. We're just kind of we're building off that initial brand instead of trying to capture everything that we do in one brand. I love if that. that makes sense. Yeah, it does. It does. What's in the future? What does the future look like for you? Um, that's a good question. Statesboro is interesting. Yeah. Um, I, I already had a conversation with somebody today going, there's some places that have tried to do axe throwing here or talked about doing axe throwing. So I'm very interested in having that conversation with some folks. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not saying we're ready to open up a second venue, but you know, with the right partner, we might. Sure. Um, I don't know Statesboro. Six months ago, four months ago, something like that, had a family come in from Statesboro. They were coming to see their son that lives in Brunswick, and it was his birthday, I think, so they were coming in town and did a whole weekend with him, and we started talking. Now, we really tried to build relationships. I'm a relationship guy, so I I spent 20 years in the Air Force, but mm-hmm. a lot of that time I spent as a criminal investigator for the Air Force. So I interviewed people for a living. You know, you talk to people for a living, sure. and I enjoy that aspect of it. So when people come in, um, I work really, really hard to learn names. So I may... I may slip, but I'm going to do my, my very best to remember your name. So I, I just have conversations. I'm sure. willing to sit down and have a conversation with anybody. And so I start talking to them, and they're like, we don't have axe throwing in Statesboro. That was six, four, six months ago. So we've been eyeing the idea of this. Sure. And then uh, I don't want to get too far ahead of myself, but we're talking to Georgia Southern with some stuff. And, and so we've got some potential opportunity to be here a lot in the fall with the ox cart. Sure. And we'll see what that brings from that standpoint. Um over the last two weeks, we've been asked to provide quotes to bring our mobile unit as far as Gray, Georgia, and as far west or northwest as Statesboro, far south as Jacksonville. How, how, There's a need. There is a need. Yeah. So how far has the uh, cart traveled? What's so the furthest? We've been in Rinkin, which is on okay. the north side of Savannah, yep. um, a month ago, two months ago. Is that further than Statesboro? No, it's so it's Statesboro is the farthest now that we've gone. Okay. Um, this will be the farthest event that we've actually done, traveled with it. Prior to that was Rinkin. We cur- worked a couple events in Rinkin. We had a real busy week where we did two events in Rinkin and one in Savannah. So the Brooks and Dunn concert was in at mm-hmm. In Market Arena. Yep. And so In Market Arena brought us up to do That's like awesome. their pregame, you know, equivalent That's to awesome. a pregame. So that was great exposure. I mean, you get to park right in front of In Market yeah, Arena with your awesome. trailer. Um, I think. The technology side separates us a little bit, but when, if you haven't seen it, or I know you've seen a picture of it, but when you see it in person, our enclosed, semi-enclosed trailer is significantly different than what you get with mobile axe mm-hmm. Now, are you going to get a similar experience? Can you get a good experience? Yes, we have some limitations. It's two people throwing at the most at the same time. You know, we're, you may develop a line, things like that, where others may expand to four or six. Sure. Um, 
But the experience that you get on the ox cart is completely different than what you get somewhere else. Mm-hmm. It, it stands out. Yeah. We, look, we look good. Um, and looking good means something. That's right. As you know. That's right. <laughs> what, what, uh, so for the cart, you know, kind of like take me through a little bit of, describe it for the people that are listening right now. Yep. So um, highly recommend, I got to plug mattedox.com. Go to mattedox.com, check out the pictures, right? So it is a, think about an eight and a half foot by 20 foot trailer. Yeah. Okay. That has been taken. And if you think of an enclosed trailer, look at an enclosed trailer with openings. Mm-hmm. So you're going to have an opening on the back. So you've actually got a little bar where you can set your drink down while you're getting ready to throw. You come up, you've got two projection targets that are going to the front of the uh, of the cart. Yep. Um, two people throwing from one spot. A coach can stand up there with them so to guide them through that process. We believe in that same coaching process, whether yep. it's the mobile or whether it's in the brick and mortar. Um, and so you've got a maroon and gray eight and a half foot by 20 foot by... 10, 12 foot trailer driving around, it catches attention. Yeah. I mean, it's just obvious. It stands out. Mm. Um, and then the projection target. So when it starts getting a little bit dark, or in this case today where it's cloudy, yeah. those projection targets like are gonna shine crisp. bright yeah. right on that, right on that wood. It's gonna be great. Yeah. That's awesome. Um my channel is really built out for entrepreneurs. Yep. Um if you had maybe a few uh tidbits of kind of like the experiences that you've gone through, what would you leave them with? So I wouldn't have told you this, you know, 15 years ago, Mm. even though I had aspirations and ideas and, and, you know, because everybody wants to be an entrepreneur. You know, what separates an entrepreneur from somebody else is willing to take the risk, right? Because there's people, I can go walk down Burrowfest tonight, what's your business idea? How many of them are not not going to have it, right? Because most everybody's going to have an idea. But some people aren't willing to take the risk. Now, I don't want to say, oh, well, they don't have the financial means to do it or whatever it may be. You can start small. You can do things cheap. You know, I, I started a, a drone business very, very on the cheap side. And you can do things on the cheap. It's more about being willing to take the risk. But your question specifically, find a good partner. Mm. I mean, really, I, my, my wife, I'm, I'm telling you, she's super smart. Yeah. Um, that's helpful. Um, she is not, I'm not going to say she's not business savvy because she is. But she didn't have the same entrepreneur side, mm. but she provides some common sense back. Yeah. So I may come up with this idea and she comes up with ideas as well. I mean, she's had some great ones, um, but it's because of we've pushed each other. Right. So I push her to think differently and she pushes me to think differently. Mm. And and I, I don't think you can do things on your own. Yeah. I don't care who you are. I don't yeah. care if you're doing you're financing it on your own. I guarantee you're bouncing an idea off of somebody else. You're talking to somebody else about this idea. You're gathering input. Um, for me, having her there and to be the the grounding, the the push me back to l- the reality piece, that's so important. I, I wouldn't have made it to where and, and you know, we're still new, you know, we're a year into this business, three years into the other business. You don't get to that point. You don't celebrate anniversaries without somebody helping, keeping you focused because shiny, like you said, shiny object, I'm gone. Right. Yeah. And it's not that I want to get out of Axtorin. I really like it. Sure. I got into Axtorin because I saw it as an opportunity. Sure. I really like Axtorin now. I like the business. I like what we're doing. Um, but for me, I'm going to keep pursuing opportunities. Um, and it may be an axe throwing and it may be other things. We'll see what, what the world presents itself. But I need somebody to make sure that I'm staying focused on whatever it is. Mm-hmm. And and that's my wife for me. So that my biggest recommendation to anybody, I don't care if it's your wife, your husband, your significant other, uh, you know, somebody that can talk back. It can't be your dog or your cat, right? <laughs> Someone's got to be able to provide you some advice back. That's right. 
Yeah. Dropping gems, dropping gems. <laughs> I appreciate it. Thank you so much for coming to the show. Um, you know, found found out so much about, you know, I've always in the back of my mind wondered, you know, how uh, the business model works, how it moves forward. Um, and I just really appreciate your time. And welcome to Statesboro. Adam, this has been awesome. Uh, when you reached out about doing this, I, I was super, super excited. So thank you for having us. I've had an awesome welcome so far, and we're looking to spend some more time up here. Cool. Well, that's the show.